Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to GEMS Podcast. I am your founder and host, Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp. And with me today is Dr. Denise Moore-Revel. And here's a bit about Dr. Denise. She is a CEO, founder, and award-nominated best-selling author, speaker, and personal development and business coach. For over 25 years, Dr. Denise has worked as a speech-language pathologist. Her job has been to help her clients discover their voices. Dr. Denise founded the Own Your Amazing Movement, a personal development company. The Own Your Amazing Movement focuses on female leaders, executives, and entrepreneurs who feel stuck and frustrated to dig deeper to find their voice and live their authentic selves out loud. Through speaking, coaching, mentoring, and workshops, Dr. Denise ignites and energizes women to find the power to be authentic, to show up more powerfully, and create extraordinary lives they love. Dr. Denise has a bachelor's degree in speech language pathology and audiology, a master's degree in communication sciences and disorders, and a doctorate in human services with a specialization in multicultural counseling and coaching She has owned a private speech therapy practice for over 15 years, serving the metropolitan Washington, D.C. and Baltimore, Maryland. And without further ado, please welcome Dr. Denise Moore-Ravel so we can hear about the power of identity, your voice, as well as leadership. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm so excited to have this conversation. (laughs) My pleasure. And congratulations for all your accolades, the things that you do on the forefront, as well as behind the scenes, Dr. Denise. And before we dive into your subject matter expertise, I want you to share a fun and interesting fact about yourself as a way of an icebreaker. Sure. Uh, I call myself an urban belle. I know some people have heard of Southern Bells, but I am an urban bell. I know people are like, what is that? So I was actually born in Washington, D.C., which is the urban, but I was raised in a small town in North Carolina. So that's where you get the bell. So uh, I had definitely had the influence of, you know, born in the urban area, raised in a very small town. But um, when I attended graduate school, I went back to Washington, D.C., where my roots are, and have been in the area ever since. So I am an urban belle. <laughs> I, I, love sweet, I love sweet tea. <laughs> Wait, so when you say sweet tea, Dr. Neese, is it the type of sweet tea that makes you be like, ooh, like in the movie Friday, ooh, this tea so good, make you want to slap your mama? Yes, I have a sister. I have three sisters and a brother. But one of my sisters, she makes the best sweet tea. It was like, you're going to probably go into a diabetic coma after drinking it because it's so sweet, but it is brewed, you know, pot on the stove, tea bags, and it's strong and it's sweet and it's amazing. (laughs) 
when I come up to your area, I'm going to have to try some of that tea. I'm going to have to make sure I have a lot of water, though, so I can wash it down. But thank you for sharing those, those fun and interesting facts, Dr. Denise, because it definitely allows myself as well as the listeners and viewers to connect with you on a more personal level. Now, um, let's get into the nitty gritty of our topic today, the power of identity. Why is the power of identity so important? And if it would make sense, we could start with how you grew up as a child to where you are now, because obviously in order to talk about the power of identity, you have to know who you are, where you're going, and you don't let nobody stop you from your destiny. Oh, yes, absolutely. So the power of identity is so fundamental to just who you are, right? And so um, I had a sense of who I was growing up. I'm the youngest of five children. I have one brother and three sisters. Grew up in a you know uh, household with both parents. Uh, and so really understanding who I was, you know, um, was at times a challenge because when you're the youngest or the baby in the family, uh, there are certain expectations or certain, um, just a lot that comes with that, right? And so, but also what comes with that is a lot of other people's expectations of who you should be. And so I found myself uh, growing up in a situation where uh, I was a people pleaser because I wanted everyone to be happy with me, right? And so if this person say do this, or this person say you should do that, I was trying to do all of those things, right? But I, I would say, my parents, I just have to give kudos to my mom and my dad because they were the type of parents who didn't make me feel like I had to be like my siblings. I didn't, I didn't feel like they compared me, but I got messages from other people saying you should be like this or you should be like that. And so this whole thing about the power of identity came from my own sense of like, well, really, who am I? Who am I for myself, right? So one of the stories that I often share with this was when it was time for me to go to college and there was this one particular university, everyone assumed I was going to attend. Great university. I had a family to attend there. And at one point I thought I wanted to attend, but as the time came closer for me to make that decision, I was like, I didn't want to go, but I was so, so afraid to tell people I didn't want to go. So it was time to apply to different colleges and I applied. And so then it came time to get acceptance letters, to admissions letters, right? The acceptance letters. So my dad came to me one day and said, well, have you gotten your acceptance letter to this one particular school? And I was like, no, I haven't. <laughs> and so a few more weeks go by, he asked me again, have you gotten your acceptance letter to that one particular school? And I was like, no, I haven't. And so I think he was starting to get a little suspicious. <laughs> So he came to me again and said, well, have you gotten your letter from this one particular school? I see you got an acceptance letter from other schools, but what about this one particular school? And he said, I heard other kids have gotten their letters from that school. So question, Dr. Denise, because I'm thrilled yeah. to know what school is this? My angel. I is... don't want to say. Okay. I don't say. <laughs> because I have families that my family went there. <laughs> Okay, no worries. No, I'll, I'll say, no, I'll say it was the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, UNC Tar Heels. Oh, okay. That See? was the school. Huh? 
No, see, it's okay to go outside the beaten path and break the mold because sometimes, you know, our families want us to follow in their footsteps, but we're trying to make a path of our own. So let me let you finish this because it's interesting. (laughs) So third time dad comes to me, like, have you gotten your letter? And I say, no, I haven't. So again, he was suspicious. So I said, finally, I was like, I need to go to my dad and tell him the truth. And so I went to him. I said, well, dad, we need to have a conversation. And he was like, okay. I said, well, the reason why I haven't gotten that letter from that school, UNC, is because I never applied. I didn't apply. And I didn't tell anyone that I didn't apply. They all assumed that's where I was going to go. And so to say that my father was a little upset with me will be putting it lightly. (laughs) He was a lot upset with me because I didn't apply. And so at that point is when I said, you know, let's talk about where I want to go. Let's talk about what I want to do with my life, with my college career. And so that to me was when the power of identity, really discovering, well, who am I for me? You know, not what everyone else expects from me, not what everybody wants from me, but what do I want for myself? So that was my first of many stories of understanding the power of identity. Like, who are you for yourself? Not who everyone else says you should be, not what everyone thinks you should do or be or whatever, but who are you for you? And so I really had to stop. And I was, I was 17, 18 years old. I had to ask myself that question. What do I want? Who am I? What path do I want to take? Yes, it's a great and amazing school, but I felt like it wasn't a good fit for me and what I wanted my life to be. And so the power of identity is so fundamental. It's how we create our own lives. It's how we show up in the world. Who are you for you? Absolutely. And sometimes it's so hard to go against the grain of salt, go against your family members and your friends. But I like to tell people, if you don't know who you are, you're gonna fall victim to what the world wants you to be, what your family members want you to be, and overall that peer pressure. And before you know it, you're seeking validation from people who were never even meant to really appease you or walk out your life's journey with you. Each one of us was created for a unique reason, for such a time as this, and as a masterpiece. And if you hold up your hands, because I like to be visual, y'all, and you look at your fingerprints, each one of us has a unique fingerprint because it's unique to us. It's what makes us authentic. It's what makes us stand out from somebody else. So if you can't take something small as a fingerprint to differentiate you from somebody else, you're not at whole and peace with yourself because there may be imposter syndrome, there may be traumas from childhood traumas to adult traumas that's lingering over you, or maybe you haven't tapped into seeing your gifts and talents that your creator or whoever you believe in has imparted inside of you. So I always wanna impact here. Do not bury your gifts and talents because somebody can't stand to see your light shine. If they can't stand to see your light shine, honey child, they are not part of your tribe. And it's time for you to politely allow them to exit stage left or stage right, put that car in drive and keep on going. So Dr. Denise. Yes. Before you go on, I have, I have, I love how you use the analogy of the fingerprints in terms of uniqueness. I often use that when I do uh, a talk, but I take it even further 
because I am a speech language pathologist, right? Everyone's voice is uniquely theirs. Just as unique as your fingerprints are, so is your literal, literal voice. So for over 26 years, I have been listening to voices. That's my job. And I tell people, just as unique as your fingerprints are, so is your voice. Not just your literal voice, but also your lived experiences, how you show up in your life, right? So I tell people, like, if you're going to rob a bank, wear your gloves, right? Because you don't want them to get your fingerprints. But I also say, don't say a word. Don't speak. <laughs> Write a note. Because there's a possibility that someone would be able to identify you by your voice. There are speech pathologists who work as forensic speech pathologists who are called into court to testify on the validity of someone's voice. And so I say, don't, I say, wear your gloves and don't say a word, just write a note. <laughs> yes, that is true. Cause my voice is unique to Genesis Lamar's camp and there is no other, just like Dr. Denise. So I love that you go a little bit, a little bit further there because it's so, so empowering to know that your voice carries weight and the test that you go through in life curates your testimony. So Dr. Denise, when you thought, thought about what you were going to pursue in college, um, the fact that you weren't going to go to your family's alma mater, but you were going to go on your own path, what inspired you to go into speech um, pathology? Because part of that inspiration in helping um, learn more about audiology, speech pathologies, and et cetera, built up to where you are now and the power of the voice, which is the power of, you know, your identity. Can you walk us through that journey? Absolutely. So in, in school, I was really good in math. Uh, I was, you know, algebra, trigonometry, calculus. I could, I could do it, right? And so my math teacher uh, recommended that I go to school and major in math. As a matter of fact, I thought I was wanted to be an accountant for many years. Uh, until I took an accounting class in high school. Uh, I did well on it. <laughs> uh, and so, but after we were doing the lessons, I wanted to talk to people. <laughs> and I would get in trouble with the teacher because I would finish my assignment and then I want to talk. I want to talk about the numbers. I wanted to share. I want to, like, how did you, you know? And she was like, we don't talk in here. So I was like, okay. <laughs> and so, um, so actually, when I entered college, I entered as undecided. Again, I was at the point in my life was where for years I thought I was going to be an accountant or I was going to major in math or something like that. And I realized, like, that's not what I want to do. And so the class I was taking was for undecided majors. So each week or however, different people from different professions would come into the class and talk about their profession. And lo and behold, a speech pathologist came in. I was like, oh, what is that? Really? I can talk and, and help people to communicate and connect. So like, let me find out a little bit more about that. And so I did. And the more I found out about it, the more I was like, I think this is what I want to do. I want to be able to help people, especially young children who are having difficulty communicating and connecting with their peers and with their family. I want to help them do that. In my, I have a private practice in my office on the wall is a quote that says communication is the foundation of the human connection. 
think about it. We, com we, we connect as human beings in how we communicate with one another. So what happens when someone can't do that? You lose that connection. And so I wanted to try to help in some way to help someone gain that connection with their family, with their, their friends, with their community, with their job, whatever it may be. So communication is foundational for that. And so again, it goes back to the power of identity. If you don't have a voice, if you don't literally have a voice, how can you really show up powerfully in the world? And so uh, I'm just passionate about helping people do that literally or figuratively, really find their voices and live out loud. I love that. And I love the fact that you talked about whenever the person came into the classroom and they were a speech pathologist and you quickly identified that there was something there that resonated with you. So looking at where you are now and thinking about that experience and exposure when you were in that classroom setting, have you ever thought about reaching out to that woman and telling, them, telling her how much of an impact that she had on you? I wish I could. <laughs> I have no idea who that person is, you know, at this point. So uh, hopefully, you know, spiritually, uh, I can reach out to it, but I don't know who that person is. And so um, what, what, what I do try to do is expose other people to what I do so that maybe it would spark other people to say, hey, let me take a look at this or let me see if this is something that I can do as well. And so uh, I, don't, I wish I knew who that person was to thank them. Uh, for it, but um, I just I'm just appreciative of that opportunity, so that again it landed me where I am today. Thank you for sharing that, Dr. Denise. And when you think about um, school setting, settings today, whether it's public, private, or charter, do you feel like the education system is doing enough in this speech pathology and audiology department? Because now we see that some of the kids who are mentally challenged or special needs are being forced to assimilate in normal classroom settings where they may not be on the same educational level as the other students. And I, I know that they're trying to be inclusive because everyone's on a big push for diversity, equity, inclusion, as well as a sense of belonging. But do you feel like that is setting up those students, you know, for failure because they are learning at a different pace in comparison to someone who does not have special needs or is not mentally challenged? Wow, that's good. Um... What I would say to that is because I am a part of the special ed team, I'm, I'm part of the people who help, help make those kind of decisions as in terms of, is the child included in the classroom? Is the child not included in the classroom? And my basis is always, how can this child stay in their natural environment with their peers? That's always for me, the push. That's always the, the, the bottom line is because at the end of the day, I just had this, I had a meeting last week with a parent and I'm always telling the parents, my job is to make sure they stay in the classroom as much as possible with their peers, because I'm not a peer. <laughs> a parent is not a peer. We're not peers. And so I understand the impact and the importance of children learning from other children. But I'm also very aware of making sure if, if Johnny or Susie needs those supports, that we're there to give them that. But kids naturally want to be with their peers. They don't want to be excluded. They don't want to feel like, oh, I'm different. And so my job as a speech pathologist, because I do work at a charter school, I'm always saying, what's the least restricted environment for this child in order for them to be productive? 
And so if that means I got to pull them out just for a few minutes to make sure they're getting the support they need, I might go over an activity they're doing in the classroom when they need a little bit more instruction. Okay, let me do that. If, but when they get it, it's like, get back in there. I want you to be able to hold your own with your peers because I'm not a peer. <laughs> Mom is not a peer. The teacher is not a peer. I want them to go out on the playground and be able to interact with their kids. Again, uh, two weeks ago, I went, I work at a charter school in Washington, DC. And as I went to go pick up one of my students for his session, he was interacting with his teacher and two other students in his classroom. And what I walked upon was my friend was being bullied. My friend was being bullied. And so I was, I was able to step in and, and kind of find out what was going on. And then I took him aside and for his speech therapy session, it was how could I support him to go back in the classroom and advocate for himself? Because he had a difficult time telling the teacher exactly what happened, right? He was only able to get bits and pieces. So we practiced, we role play as, okay, so when the teacher asks you what happened, what are you going to say? And so he was able to be more confident because he, now he knew what he needed to say and to do. And so I walked with him back into the classroom and I, and I called the teacher over and I was like, we need to have a conversation because he needs to share with you actually more that happened than that you are, are aware of. And so uh, he was trying to tell her what happened. He did a great job. And then I was like, okay, don't forget this part. And he was like, okay. And, you know, and so at the end of it, the teacher and I was standing there talking. She was like, thank you so much. Because had you not helped support him, she said, I never would have known the other part. And he, this kid had to go back into this classroom and be in this environment with his peers, one that was not doing, you know, being very nice to him. And so we talked about it again last week when I saw him and I said, well, how was it when she went back again? Is there anything we need to work on? Anything I need to help support you in? So when you're in the classroom, you can advocate for yourself with your teacher and with your peers. Wow. And I like that you pulled him to the side, but you also empowered him and encouraged him to advocate for himself. Because sometimes whenever a kid is going through something like that, that could, you know, begin to internalize. And then while it's internalizing, you know, they materialize certain feelings about they're not good enough or et cetera. And then a part of them begins to shut down. But if you don't really encourage them to take ownership and really find their identity, even though their situation may not look like everyone else, I feel like we're doing them a disservice as well as a um, we're an injustice to say the least. And I like that you have a different view on looking at, you know, yes, I want them to be inclusive, but it's okay to take them away from a time to give them the extra attention that they need, but then go back and put them in the setting where it is inclusive. And I feel like sometimes people don't spend that time for them. And I, and in my opinion, I feel like they are our hidden figures because coming from a place when I was in high school, where I was part of pals, which is peer assistant leadership supervision, I had different buddies that were within the special needs program. And, you know, they have amazing skills and abilities. But if you never um, spend the time to focus on it, then, you know, we're also leaving them out. So that's why I really wanted to highlight that because there are some parents out here who do have special needs and mentally challenged kids. And I think they need that encouragement as 
as well. So they could find their power and identity in being a mother, but also a mother and father, as well as being an advocate. So Dr. Denise, as we begin to wind down, are there any other thoughts you want someone to walk away with when they think about the power of identity? What are some tips and tricks that they could, you know, take action upon? Absolutely. So even with the story I just gave about my student, again, that was the demonstration of the power of identity, using your voice, speaking your truth. And so um, I just think it's important that we understand, and I try to make sure I communicate this to anyone that I work with, but particularly with the children, I let my students know that your voice is important. You, what you have to say matters. And I give room and space for that. And I wish more people would. And so even going back to the, to the story about the young fellow, uh, he was crying, you know, he had tears. And so when we got back to the, when we got to the space, I asked him, I said, what are the tears about? Tell me about that. So I wanted to give space for him to express what he was feeling, what he was going through and not just dismiss it. I think we need to give people space to say, this is who I am. This is how I'm feeling. It's okay not to be okay, <laughs> but I'm gonna get space for that. And so I encourage people uh, in their own lives, give themselves permission to be, to express themselves, to say, this is what matters to me. This is what's important to me. And so uh, I'm just thankful that I was able to allow that space for my students uh, to express themselves, to, to be vulnerable, because we all have things we're challenged with, but we need to give each other space to say, this is what I'm going through. This is who I am. This is what hurt my feelings. But then after that, well, how can I empower you? How can I help you to work past whatever the challenges may be? And so it did help him to be more confident. It did help him to feel empowered. And again, I don't want that just for the students I work with in terms of speech therapy. I also work with women. I work with professional women. It's like, are you advocating for yourself on your job? Are you advocating for yourself in your, your relationships with your husband or whomever, your family members? Are you being your own advocate? Like I had to be 17 to say, I don't want to go to this school. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking. So the power of identity is so foundational in terms of who you are and then how you live your life. And so I just want people to be encouraged to know that you matter, your voice matters, that you, you, you should use it to empower yourself uh, to create the life that you want for yourself. Absolutely. Thank you for dropping those gems. And now for your call to action for this segment, because I always like to, we're going to give you, you know, the meat, but in order to have those sides to go along with your meat, it requires you to take action, listeners and viewers. So Dr. Denise is going to give you her call to action for this segment on what she wants you to do so you can really walk into your identity. You could take ownership when it comes to your voice and you could lead the life that you want to live. So what I want your listeners to do and viewers to do is to go to my website, which is onyouramazingnow.com. And on there is a free um, download they can get. And it's, a, it's, it's a, um, a checklist to see whether or not you are living authentically. <laughs> and it's for you to know. It's not for me to know. It's not for your spouse to know, your friends to know. But you need to know for yourself, how are you showing up? Are you really living from a space of being authentic with you? Are you showing up 
in your own personal power? Are you showing up in your own identity? So I encourage you guys to go to my website again, ownyouramazingnow.com and get that free download and see how you score. <laughs> there you have it, listeners. Go get that download and do, do the work so you can see where you need to improve. Life is about improvement, making that progress over perfection. And Dr. Denise, how can they connect with you? Um, I know you gave your website, but where do you primarily hang out on social media? I am primarily on Facebook <laughs> at Dr. Denise on your amazing. I show up every Thursday at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I do a thing called Think About It Thursday. Just a few minutes of inspiration or a tip or something that I want people to really think about and be reflective on. I don't think we take enough time to stop and reflect and think about what we're thinking about. So I encourage you to join me every Thursday, 8 a.m. on Facebook Live, where I have you, I'll give you a little thing to think about so you can feel, see whether or not your life is you know, moving in a direction in the way you want it to move. So check me out on Facebook. Also, that's where I make announcements about upcoming events that I'm having, um, things that are going on in the Own You Amazing community. I have a, a private Facebook group. So show up on, I'm sorry, show up on Facebook because that's where I am. I'm not on Instagram. I'm there a little bit, but not, not much, <laughs> but definitely on Facebook. Again, Dr. Denise, Own You Amazing. Thank you so much, Dr. Denise, for coming on GEMS podcast and just sharing with us more about the power of identity, um, ownership of your voice, as well as leadership. So listeners and viewers, all of Dr. Denise's information will be in the show notes. Make sure you subscribe and share this segment. We are on 40 plus platforms. Also leave us a review. Let me know what you like, what you don't like, or any questions you have for Dr. Denise, and I will make sure she gets it. Also follow us on YouTube for all things to video content at GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. And you know what? Without you listening to the podcast, we wouldn't be ranked in the top 3% globally. So thank you for your support. I greatly appreciate it. And we are actually looking for brand ambassadors and sponsors to continue the mission of GEMS, which is to educate, inspire, and motivate while connecting the dots for diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. So your monetary contributions help fuel the mission of this podcast. You can find out more by going to genesisamariskemp.net. And until next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day. And remember, you were created for such a time as this. So stop living in the shadows of other people who were not meant to go with you on the lifelong journey. Be who you want to be and not what the world wants you to be because why? There's only one you. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform as well as our YouTube channel. Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at gems, G E M S, with W I T H, Genesis, G E N E S I S, Amaris, A M A R I S, Kemp, K E M P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services to be here on GEMS Podcasts.